Praise God. Praise God. We thank God for today. We thank him for his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. Hallelujah. It's Pastor Derek Fletcher. On today, we want to share a little bit about the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. And on today, hallelujah, come on in, come on in. We're just getting things set up. Hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Glory to the name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank God for today. We thank him for today. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just going to give it about another minute or so. Hallelujah. His word is good. His word is good. This is Pastor Derek Fletcher. Thank you for coming in on today. I'm just going to be sharing with you. This is like a part two of a series. I'm going to kind of backtrack and show and uh, backtrack and do a summary, then add some things to it. Again, Pastor Derek Fletcher coming to you from Yes and Amen. Hallelujah. And so let us pray on today the, the messages I will instruct the and we're going to compare two contrasting characteristics. Let's pray. Father, we thank you on today. We glorify you. We lift you up. We call upon your name. We ask you to cover us, watch us, and keep us. As we go forward, we thank you that your word is absolute. We thank you that you are opening up our, our eyes of understanding. Glory to God that we see, hear, and know everything that you have for us. Glory to God. And so we will seek your face. We will seek you. Father God, there is no one like you in all the earth. Glory to God in all the earth. There's no one. And so we just going to trust your word. Hallelujah. And so on today. Amen. I will instruct thee. And that's coming from Psalm 32, verses 8 through 9. And so um, give you a little background, a little insight on the information here. And so I was I was listening to a, a believer's commentary about humbling yourself and about serving 360, serving 360. 
meaning serving others as God serves his word on you and serve within you the character that he's called you to be the person that he calls you not what others are saying not what your neighbors are telling you not what mom and dad are telling you not even what you are telling yourself a lot of people miss it because they are serving from a a a platter amen served by others but there's a platter that god has for us and he's serving it and when he's serving it there's awesome things on that platter And so we want to just share a little bit. And I was inspired as I read this to take a look, glory to God, to take a look at um, the character of Saul and David. And like I said, this is a rehash uh, and this is a part two message. Really, um, there were some things I didn't mention or share in the first part of the message about the humanness of David and, and how David uh, made some mistakes also, but let's get to the scripture at hand. Amen. Psalm 32, eight and nine. And there's an altar mindset, an alter alternative position that we can find ourselves in. God is looking for men and women upon the earth to be faithful toward him, to be passionate about the things that he has to offer not to pry, not to push, not to beg, not to fight. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman and he will instruct and share. And if you don't follow it, you know, it's on you. But to the word of God says, I set before you blessings and curses. I set before you uh, the things that are uh, heavenly, things that are will give you blessings, the things that will prosper you and to grow you and to increase you. But I also set and it's vice versa. In the word, it talks about the, the evil of the world first. And I've said before you, the evil of the world, the evil things, and you choose. And so the beauty of it, Abraham chose God and he chose to be taught by God and he chose the faith walk. Amen. David did too. Um, the king Saul did not. I don't know what Saul, King Saul was on, but he was not instructable. He wasn't um, he wasn't in a position to be taught. We'll say that. I'm I'm saying um, but there's so many things. But even David, when David messed up and he killed Uriah the Hittite and took his wife and had the baby, and when the <laughs> when the prophet told him, he said, Man, it's you, you messed up. And he went immediately, sat Clausman ashes, and he asked God not to take his Holy Spirit away from him. And, and, and me alone have done evil against you, not the baby, don't kill the baby, and etc. And so even then, David was, God was able to instruct him. He was able to teach them, teach him. And so we're going to compare Saul and David. Saul made some mistakes, but David did too in the original message. I didn't share that part of it, but David was a man after God's own heart. And so Psalm 32, 8, says, I will instruct thee and teach thee. And so instruct thee and teach thee. 
in the world that we are in today is called the coachable uh, and teachable person, right? The, the person that absorbs the information that, and that takes it. But how many of you know that, <coughs> that all leaders aren't uh, offering up coachability and teaching? Some leaders are offering up uh, control measures and they not understanding the aspect of being teachable and coachable from the relative of the mentor, mentee and protege position. Even then, sometimes ment mentees uh, become dominant and, and they try to circumvent. Well, God doesn't want to circumvent. He doesn't want to take over your character. He wants to set before you the mechanisms of choice. And then he wants you to choose glory to God. And, and he wants you to make that choice. He's not looking for, for mindless and brainless automatons. He's not looking for people that's real ritualistic and, and, and religious minded. But he wants people that's going to flow in the things of him. He wants people that wants to spend that personal time with him. He wants people to obey and serve him. And he told Abraham, he said, he said, if you obey and serve me, I will make your name great. So he's looking for people that aren't trying to make a name great for themselves, but God will do it. He'll watch over his word to perform it. Amen. And so here he's looking for students. He's looking for the, the spirit of man, which is the candle of the Lord, right? Uh, the spirit of God is going to and fro looking for men and women upon the earth to be faithful toward him. Amen. Not a, a rock falling on your head and, oh man, that was God. No, he, he wants you to receive the fullness of him and says here, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. There's a way that seems right unto all men. Amen. And that way that seems right to all men may not be the way that you should be going. But the, there is that way that God designed you toward. It is that in avenue that all the fixings of your character, all the fixings of who you are, he's, he's penetrated his awesomeness within you. Amen. And the eminence of his glory is within you. He wants, he wants, <coughs> he wants to be preeminent. He wants to be first in your life, but he wants you to make that choice and that decision. You don't want uh, ritualistic actions that you just do inadvertently throughout the day and etc. Amen. And so that way, as he shared with the prophet, uh, let me see, I believe his name was Jeremiah. As a boy, he said, man, I formed you. I knew you before I formed you in the belly of your mother's womb. Not only did I know you, I sanctified you. I ordained you and I called you to be a prophet to the nations. And so he took him as a little boy. and He began to feed into him the things that made him who he should be by the hand of who created him and the vision that God gave him. So God has given a vision on you and, and what you should be and what you should do and where you should go. And now he's just looking 
upon the earth. He's looking for obedient service. He's looking for people to connect with him. Amen. Your spirit to his spirit. He's looking for people that, that's going to do great and exceeding things. There's no other way that a man or a woman upon the earth shall see and understand the glory of the God, but yet through the nature of men that are obedient, men that are disciple, men and women that are able to be taught by the spirit of God. We can see the movement of the the time clock of seasons and of the sun going up and coming down and the moon uh, coming through and the different seasons and placements. But the confirmation is in yes and amen. The confirmation is seeing a living epistle upon the earth and that has been read. You're, you're, you want to be read of God as being exactly what he said you should be. This is, I don't want it that way. I want to do what I want to do. I want to pursue the vices that's in the world. I want to do all this other stuff. Well, that's not what God called you to. That's not what he ordained you to be. Amen. He says, I will guide thee with mine eye. Amen. I've already sown after you. I've already had a vision. I've already sown seed into you. You just need to do the right things. You need for that seed to be planted in the appropriate ground. You need for that seed to manifest in the right way and not die out by the fears of the world, by the present day pandemic uh, crisis, by the present movement of, of, you know, this life matter and that lives matter, all lives matter, and that you don't <coughs> be moved and stricken, struck by the spirit of fear that's across the earth. God said that, I, that Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Well, it's not the life that the world dictates, but it's the life that he has spoken into you. Glory to God. And so nine says here in Psalm, it says, be ye not as the horse or the mule. Don't be like the horse or the mule. Don't be set in the avenue of, of fixation that you have to be guided hard, like a hard taskmaster training an animal, like a, a, a dog or a cat or a mule. And it gives allusion to the fact that a bit being in the mouth, you know, and when you're training them, you go, you pull to the left, right? And they go to the left or pull to the right and they go to the right. And then you pull the reins back hard and they break. Well, that's a reiterative and a redundant process. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to to receive immediately the inlaid word of God and trust and know that, that his word is right for you. Not only that, that you receive it, but then you possess the land and you go for it. Well, the people of Israel had issues because they couldn't receive the fullness of the promise that was given to Isaac, amen, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to the nation of Israel. That's why they had to wait out for that spirit of doubt and, and cantankerousness and that stubbornness to die out. Amen. 40 years. It took a whole generation because they weren't teachable. They weren't coachable. Glory to God. And Joshua and Caleb said uh, when they came back, he said, man, we well able to take them. We can take them. But because the others, <laughs> because the other spies came back and their message and their reference was this giants in the land 
oh, this is truly a land flowing with milk and honey, but they could not receive the very essence, the very truth of what the word of God said and his promises. Well, God has some promises for you and I, some great and precious promises. And if we don't receive them, the next generation is definitely going to take them up and pick them up and move forward. So in order for God to cash in and for you to cash in on the fullness that he has for you. You must be coachable. You must be teachable. You must, on a daily basis, pray. You must, on a daily basis, get some word in you, whether it be through reading or audible word. On a daily basis, you must consult with God. <clears throat> you must inquire of God, and that's what David did. He inquired of God because he knew the order. He know, knew the standard. He understood the protocol uh, to get God's attention, right? If you if you don't exercise in the things of God, you won't get it. And Saul had that issue. Saul could not understand. And because, man, I'm speechless on that, but I got some things on my list about, about uh, that direction. So that guided direction, teachable and coachable. If you're stubborn like a mule or a horse, you got to be taught and then retaught, then the next day taught and then retaught until you get it. God, God wants to share it with you one time and then you absorb it and say, this is the gospel according to my God and, and he shall supply all of my need. And so when I lay my tithe at the altar, I know because I'm, I've been taught that my tithe, he wants 10 percent. It's all his. But when I relinquish it, like Abraham understood when he came from the valley of blood and Shiva, he had the spoils for the kings and the kings was there what they were there waiting for their their gifts and all that he understood that that he had to take a tenth and give to Melchizedek and Melchizedek blessed him with the with a um offering of blessing with the wine and with the bread and ultimately Abraham got instilled with the promise of that land that was rulership of king Mel Melchizedek and so anyway, glory to God. And so now we look at King David and we look at King Saul and we want to compare them. Well, David, well, we'll do Saul first. We'll do Saul first. So Saul was concerned about people. He wasn't concerned about what thus said the Lord. He was concerned. And when they were coming back from a battle, some say Saul slew a hundred and some say David slew uh, uh, thousands. I think it was thousands for Saul and 10,000 for David. That angered him. He didn't know who he was. <clears throat> and so that, that got to him. Not only that, he was sacrificing things that God told him through the prophet that, that he needed to kill. Right? Not teachable, not coachable. He's up on the on the on the rain, on the promenade, on the on the plane, on the top roof, sacrificing stuff that was not uh, palatable for God. It was not something that that turned God on because he didn't know and he didn't take the time out to get to know. Right. Not only that, he consorted and met with witches, you know, the 
the the familiar spirit of Endor, the the witch of Endor. He met with them uh, so he could get the prophet and raise the prophet up and 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 talk with him. And he said, "Dude, what are you doing? You woke me up from my rest." Right, Saul did that. Right, he he didn't understand that he could have gotten God right there and plugged in right there. And that he was the chosen king of the people, but God didn't choose him because God knew his heart. Glory to God. It says he knew uh, that the anointing to be king was removed from him. He discerned that. He understood that. Amen. So he sought to kill David. He sought to kill him out. Right. He threw while they were in the in the chambers of the king and, and David was playing the harp and and the evil spirit went away from him. At a certain point, he when he discovered that this boy was going to be king and his family was out and the anointing was going to fall to David, what well, already fallen to him, he threw a javelin at him right uh, through his right by his middle parts with the intention on killing him. But it was too late, right? The point of being teachable and coachable, he was like the mule with the bit in his mouth. Go left, go left, go right, go right, break, right? Yeah. So he 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 was he had to his teaching part, it wasn't even a, a ritual act, it was just an act of blatant disobedience, right? And God doesn't want that. Amen. And so we have David. David's a shepherd boy on the back 40. God says to um, the prophet, I believe it was Samuel, he said, go to the house of Jesse and I want you to anoint this man that's after my own heart. And he told the prophet exactly what to say and what to do to get free from King Saul. And he went there. He began to see all the sons of of Jesse, the you know, Jesse, and uh, you know, out of the root of Jesse, Ali. Anyway, and so he began to anoint, try to anoint. And God says, No, that ain't the one. He says, No, that ain't the one. And another, No, that ain't the one. He said, Do you have another son? He said, Oh, yeah, David. He's out with the stinky sheep. He's out on the back 40. He's out in the secret place, hallelujah, of the most high God. He's out in a quiet place receiving the teaching and the impartation from the spirit of God. He was the one that wrote the majority of the book of Psalms. Why? He, man, shepherd boy, playing that harp, giving those sheep the relief of release in, in, their, in their stupor and in their, their lacking of guiding, right? The sheep, hallelujah, didn't know what to do. Sheep require a 24-hour surveillance plan. And so he was there. He was there to protect them. He was there to make sure that they fed. And if they had injuries, he was there. And he understood about the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He understood about my God being a fortress. He understood about God being in the secret place. Hallelujah. In the shadow of the Almighty. He had learned some things about the character and the position of God. And he was one of the few that broke out the ritualistic observation of the religious class, right? He knew how to get a praise and a worship into God. Why? Because he was doing it on the back 40 all by himself. 
Glory to God. He was a man after God's own heart. He learned from Saul's son about kingship and what to do. Glory to God. But in understanding, he understood position and, and spiritual enlightenment in the things of God. What are you talking about, man of God? Well, he understood that uh, when uh, Ziglag, I believe it was, was sacked or, or the, the goods were taken and, and the people, uh, the children and the daughters and the sons and all the stuff was taken, amen, uh, his men wanted to kill him. And so he understood that he, he couldn't concern himself with what men were saying. He couldn't get into the mode of fear. So he called Abiathar. He said, man, he said, I need that ephod. And right then he understood the order of spiritual position, right? Saul had already killed pretty much all of the priests. Amen. But Abiathar, he was, uh, he was a high priest and son of the previous high priest. And so he put on that ephod, man, and, and he went from being an everyday uh, ruler, and he wasn't king yet, and I say ruler or mighty conqueror, to a high priest. Amen. And we're talking about the order of Melchizedek, right, which is a uh, priest. Amen. And uh, prophet. And man, I forgot that other one. I know them. Oh, king, king, king. There we go. So he went and he traversed that thing and he went into the secret place of God. He 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 laid before God and said, shall I pursue and obtain all or shall I not? And he waited. He waited for God to come back and say, pursue and obtain all. Well, let me tell you. My questions are. How did David know he needed the ephod? And the ephod represented all of the nations, but it represented the, the position of chief priest. It represented the, the primary one that's supposed to go before the altar and hear from God and, and, and dispatch a, a message. It represented the point of being sacrificial and set aside, glory to God, sanctified and set aside, amen, so that you can hear from God. So David understood the order. He understood the higher echelon of what he needed to do. And he implemented that action, glory to God, up under the law, up under the context of the law. That wasn't even the first time he did that. Scripture tells that he inquired of the Lord at least nine times. In another instance, he went and he rescued uh, Kilau, Kilau, a man, the city that is a fortress city. He went and rescued them from uh, uh, the Philistines. A man, the Philistines had sacked the city. And so in this case, he prayed four times and he, he, he sought the face of God. He sought uh, the permission of God to interact. And so the first time he didn't have the ephod on that first time, but he prayed to God and God re revealed to him that he would be able to take the city. So he went and took the city from the Philistines. And then while they were in the city, glory to God, he talked with the people and, and, and he asked the people, uh, if they would conceal them, you know, and, and Saul said, Hey, God has delivered David to my hand. Well, he wasn't to 
teachable and coachable. So he wasn't getting the right download from God. Amen. And so in this case, when he defeated, when David defeated the Philistines, right, uh, God revealed and he kind of took it that the people would protect him uh, and not reveal to, to Saul that he was there. God showed him and he went and he prayed and God showed him. Uh, and revealed to him that he needed to leave the city because the people would turn him in, amen, and turn him in and release him into the hands of King Saul. So anointing an echelon of authority, David understood. And he learned that primarily from being coachable and teachable in the hands of the mighty God. So what am I saying? In the secret place of the Most High God, there is a place where we must be. There is a place where we must go. There is that place where we get downloads from teaching and understanding about who we are in God. Not only that, but we can have God as we inquire. He has his eye before us. He has his eye in front of us. He has his eye in the middle of us. He has his eye on our future. And so we can inquire of God and he will answer back direction and where we should be. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. He will answer back everything. And so what am I saying? Up under the shadow of the almighty, you need to trust in God. You need to trust in him to the point that you believe what he's saying. Abraham believed God. Abram to Abraham believed God. And when he counted it to God, the position of righteousness or the right place to be in. And when God told him to leave Ur of Chaldees, that was a coachable and teachable moment. That sealed the deal for him to be the father of, of many nations. Glory to God. And, and as he left, then God gave him the total of the instruction said, he said, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to show you, but I need you to be obedient. And so right away for the love of who God was, Abraham had time and he went out into the cool of the day and he looked to the hills from which cometh his help. He looked to the high place of God. Glory. Hallelujah. I can feel his spirit right here moving. Hallelujah. He looked to the hills from which cometh this help. And so when God tells you, like according to Mark 11 and 23 or 24, he says, if you speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to be thou removed and to be plucked up into the sea, that's the kind of faith and that's the kind of teachable spirit that he wants within you. And David had it, man. He, he went before God and he danced and he danced out of his clothes. Hallelujah. And when the Ark of the Covenant was in a place where it shouldn't have been, he ordered them to bring the Ark back to the right place in the right position into God's house. He knew the order of worship. He knew the order of how to get God's attention and, and to believe God. And so what am I telling you on today? Amen. I will instruct thee. Allow God to be your center, not the present mindset of what you think, not the present position of what others are doing or saying, but you need to let God woo, guide you. Amen. That's the word. I, I can't beat that horse no more. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Father, we thank you on today. 
We thank you for your goodness, your mercy. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of prayer. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is down on the inside of us. And so we give you glory. We are willing workers, Lord God, and, and reveal to us the process and the position that we need to be in to be holy, set aside, and to be holy, an instrument in your hands. And we thank you and we glorify you for today, Father God. And we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Be blessed, Pastor Derek Fletcher, with yes and amen. Amen. We thank God for you and we will talk with you later. God bless. Mm -hmm.